my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I'm super excited to be here today with Michelle Crawford. How are you, Michelle? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's so good to see you. Michelle is currently serving as the Interim Executive Director for Cal Poly's Associated Students Incorporated. Um, Those of you who are current or former students, you know it as ASI, and um, and, and longtime listeners of the podcast will know that we had uh, uh, Michelle's predecessor, Marcy Maloney, on um, the podcast not long ago. Um, how long was she executive director for, for ASI, Michelle? Was that 20 years? She was a long-term employee of ASI over 25 years, but she was executive yeah. director, I believe, for just over nine. Oh, okay, just overnight. Okay, I knew she had. I knew she had worked for ASI for a long time. So, um, so Michelle is is a 2005 graduate of our program, and then she returned. She loved it so much that she returned and got her master's degree in 2010 from the program, and and she's um she's been able to make a great career here in um in San Luis Obispo and at Cal Poly, and we're gonna talk about uh, all of that and her march through um, the the university and and all the different um, positions that she's had and that sort of thing. We're not going to go into all of them, but you know what I mean. We'll we'll get to her current role in a few minutes, but I want to go back in time and and talk a little bit about where where you're from, Michelle. Where did you grow up? So I was lucky enough to grow up just two short hours north of San Luis Obispo in Gilroy, California, the garlic capital of the world. You know, I think I knew that at one point, but um, I had forgotten that, that you were a, you were a, a Gilroy gal, I guess you could say, right? <laughs> yes. yes, and um, I, I still love the garlic. I bet you do. I bet you do. We have we have some family who, who live in Gilroy, so uh, we appreciate that for sure. So what did your parents do while you were growing up? So my parents, um, they met when they were 18 and almost immediately opened up their own plumbing contracting business. And so growing up um, together, they, my dad was out on the truck and my mom did the the work in the office. Uh And so I grew up with them doing that until just recently um, they retired right before the start of the pandemic. Excellent timing on their part. Very good. Hired and actually um, relocated to Paso Robles to be closer to, I like to say me, but really their grandkids, my, yeah. my children. <laughs> right. Of course. That's awesome. Well, wow. That is super good timing. Um, and now what about, uh, what about siblings? Do you have any brothers and sisters? I have one older sister. Um, We look similar, but a lot of people say we could not be more opposite. Um, She is currently um, in real estate and living her absolute best life up in um, Tuolumne County. So living in the mountains and getting to to spend her weekends exploring and just being out in nature. Oh, cool. That's awesome. That sounds, that sounds wonderful. I love it. So what was, what was young Michelle like growing up? The, what was, what was you, what were you into? What was your jam? I like to say. Oh, my jam. <laughs> I, um, I was really into sports actually. And yeah. so I growing up was a three sport athlete. I did water polo, softball and basketball, oh. um, and really enjoyed that. Not only the active 
component of it, but the community building component of being on team sports and having having that built in friend set and community um, that that came with everything, um, and then also dabbled in. Um, ASB a little bit, which is now fitting because one of my roles is working with our student government. Um, But I was definitely more of the, I worked hard, I played hard. Right. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, And, and, you know, that's one of the things that I have found about our students and who knows, maybe it's, maybe it's all Cal Poly students, but I feel like it's more our students um, seem to be really attracted to ASB and, and have, um, have been involved in student government in some way, shape, or form, and and I really, uh, uh, you know, longtime listeners of the of the podcast have heard me say this a few times that that's been one of the aha moments that I've realized that that ASB gives you experience in special events, right? Planning events, and so you get your you you, you kind of get to discover whether or not you're into that or or, or not, and. Um, and so, would you agree there? Do you think you that was? I did exactly. I was the special events coordinator you? for ASB. Yeah, I did. I didn't have yeah. one of the official roles as president or vice president, but I, I think I was social chair. So, uh-huh. it, so it fit in very nicely. Wow. Well, you know, we we um as we, you know, as the as we progress down the line and and thinking about ways to continue to recruit students. Um, I feel like that's one of the ones where we need to like figure out somehow to like how to get into like the student government network in high school, right? To let them know that, hey, there's actually a program that you can go to. Cause I think so many, um, so many people out there don't know about, um, don't know about our, our major. And, and so uh, hopefully that, that can help. And, you know, hopefully this podcast is helping too, right? Uh, hopefully. hopefully we have some prospective students hearing about that, hearing about the, the major through that. So, so let's, let's, let's dive into that element, right? So obviously Gilroy is not that far away from Cal Poly, but what was your connection to Cal Poly? How did you know about Cal Poly? That sort of thing. It was actually, I, I was one of the rare, I, I had a pretty strong feeling what I wanted to go into. Yeah. Um, the, a strong work ethic was something that was instilled in me from the moment that I was eligible for a worker's permit. It was the expectation that I had a job. Right. And so I, I found an opportunity through the local Gilroy Parks and Recreation Department. Right. Um, and that's where I dove in. I did summer camps. I did officiating. I did basically anything that I could. And I had a mentor there um, that was familiar with Cal Poly. And she said, you know what? You This might you seem to have a knack and a passion for this. Um, you may want to look into Cal Poly. And so um, cool. oddly enough, Cal Poly, I only applied to two schools, um, Cal Poly and Sonoma State and got into Cal Poly and the rest is history. Nice. I love it. I love it. And, and you know, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's rare. I think I have talked to a lot of students who are, are former students who who knew right away what they wanted mm-hmm. to do. And it was just a matter of finding it. Like you said, like, um, you know, when you're 17, 18, or whatever, 16, you know, it's whether or not you know that there's an academic program out there mm-hmm. for you. It kind of depends, like you said, on having someone, a mentor or a close family friend or someone like that. So uh, I, I love hearing hearing that. Now, once you got here to Cal Poly, um, what uh, what did you what did you do to 
to get involved? Is there something that really stands out from a professional development perspective um, where you where you were able to grow your skills? Absolutely. So I um, obviously now I work for ASI, but I actually started working for ASI spring of my freshman year. So I have been with the organization. I'm, I'm not going to age myself, but um, this is my 21st fall. Um, but this is my 21st fall with ASI. And so I had, you know, when you, what is it when you can't, when you can't do, you teach. And so I decided I, I loved water polo. I was thinking about potentially trying out for the club sport team and then decided with academics and other things that I was interested in that likely wasn't going to happen. So it was the next best thing to do, but to work for the club sport program. And so I got a job with ASI recreational sports and I was a club sport supervisor getting to work with a number of our club sports on campus. And it, it was perfect. I ended up doing it all four years of my undergraduate working through the program up to a student manager, student leadership position, but it gave me the opportunity to really hone in and take what I was learning in the classroom and apply it into a workplace setting. Um, And that became my community. The, The athletes that I had the honor of working with, my fellow co-workers. Um, I joke that one of the teams that I worked with um, was the Cal Poly rugby team. And my best friend is married to a rugby player that I introduced her to. And so it's all just come full circle. Um, but that is absolutely how I got involved. And then I also, um, I think I, I held, now it's going back too far. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think I held an officer position within at the time, the RPTA club um, right. and right. the honorary society. And so I was, I was trying to be as involved in the program as I, as much as I could. Um, while also balancing working 20 hours a week as a student. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, we share that club sports. Uh, I think we've talked about that before that, um, you know, I was, I was assistant director of club sports at NC state for, for three years. And, um, you know, the leadership skills and the, 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 the the way that you can build your experience through club sports is is really unique, you know, because you're essentially running a program. I mean, you're you're running an athletic program. There's a lot to running an athletic program, and uh, and so uh, yeah, I, I love that you had that experience, and that 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 had to be just a, a great stepping stone for you. And um, so let's talk about you know uh, w- we talk about enduring memories, right? Uh, whether it be uh, that 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 sunrise hike to, to bishops or you know uh, a famous uh, shot at bulls or <laughs> I shouldn't say that I pause because I'm like I shouldn't say that but I, but I, I did I'm sorry that's okay um, that was one of that was that, one of the memories that I had yeah right off as well. I guess everyone ha- maybe most people do have that right that disgusting whatever they call it the bull sweat or the bull. Sweat. Bull sweat. Oh gosh. I, I overheard someone talking about it um on the golf course. That's why it's fresh in my mind. I overheard some guys. It was like really early. I play early in the morning. And it was early in the morning. And they were like, and one of the dudes said, Oh man, that last bull sweat really, really was bad for me. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I'm so glad I don't drink anymore. Cause <laughs> rumor has it. I don't I this is not verified, but rumor has it that they've actually since the days that I was in college have actually changed the recipe 
Oh, oh, I don't doubt that. Yeah, they're probably probably back in uh probably back in your day or yeah, you know, from from each and every generation, right? They probably like <laughs> change. I imagine when uh when it was uh if I had gone to Cal Poly, I just imagine that it was like um they they like ringed out the uh the yes. um the <laughs> the bark towels and that yes. was, that was part of it and then you know your generation they kind of they were like uh maybe we shouldn't do that so maybe <laughs> and so now it's it's probably a lot cleaner probably <laughs> we can hope we can we can hope yeah but anyway what do you have one of those enduring memories um that 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 stand out from your time at Cal Poly um it's um, I was I was joking with somebody as I was preparing for the interview of my best friend gets so frustrated because we shared every memory we met freshman year in in the residence halls oh, and she gets awesome. so frustrated now because she's like Mish you don't remember anything and so <laughs> when I was trying to think about memories I think the one that really sticks out and this could be one that many people have shared um, but thinking about graduation morning. Because and you actually you bring up the bull sweat, which is funny. And uh, my sister and I were talking about it last weekend because we I, of course, I I participated back then in the tradition of, you know, going to local establishments in the morning. Uh But the thing that was special is my entire family came with me, including my, you know, 87 year old grandma. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) And I think something that I've always held so dear is that that family component matched with the the work and the that outside of the classroom experience and so being right. able to share in that moment and then yeah. having that with them at 6 a.m and then getting to the point of walking across the stage and having our department faculty there and like yeah. it's this moment where time slows down uh-huh. and you really get to just enjoy and embrace and realize what you've just accomplished, but you have your family there, but you also have your professors and your fellow students Mm -hmm. that have been your family over the past four years. And so that's something that's still really special to me. Right. I love it. That is great. Um, Thanks for sharing that. And um, so now, you know, I I like to like to talk about, we like to talk about internships, right? Because Mm -hmm. of our current students uh, and and their, their, who who listen to this they want to hear about that process and how you got it and um and and what you did and that sort of thing you know because it's, it is a springboard to your mm-hmm. career um so can you talk a little bit about that yeah i actually have a, a really funny story about my internship because when i was doing my undergrad um i had a supervisor at the time that was very supportive of graduate school And um, we had traveled to conferences and I was actually able to secure a full ride graduate assistantship at Oregon State planning for right after graduation. And so my original plan was to kind of hang out in San Luis over the course of the summer before I moved on to grad school. And I continued my internship with ASI. All of my time as a student employee, I had been down at the recreation center, though. And so I said, hey, I want something different. I'm really trying to round out my professional experience. And so I requested to move up to the university union. And then that's where I was able to work with other. I got into our peer and marketing department. I worked within um, some of the services in the university union. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that was my plan over summer was to just kind of have stability before I uprooted my life and moved to Oregon in late August. 
And the week before I was supposed to move to Oregon, and I, when I say I was moving, I, I was registered for classes. I had an apartment. Like, oh, I was going to Oregon. The week before, seven days before I was supposed to move, I got a call from our then executive director, and she said, Michelle, your previous supervisor just gave two weeks' notice. We don't have anybody to run the club sport program. If we can secure and be able to provide you with a master's degree through our educational assistance program, is there any chance you would stay at ASI? And so I took a, I took a deep breath. Uh, I called my parents and I was like, are you going to hate me if I make this switch? And I made the most difficult call to date to Oregon State to say, I am so sorry um, and then I accepted the position here and, and I believe everything happens for a reason. Right. Two days later, I met my now husband. And so I feel like it, it was meant to be. And I I've been with ASI ever since. Wow. What an awesome story. And two days later, you met your now two days husband. later, two no days way. later, I met my now husband. So you would have left and gone to Oregon and, uh, yeah, that would have been, that would have been it. Huh? Yep. Wow. That is, uh, that is such a great story. And, and you know, um, we've probably, I guess maybe, maybe we've talked about this in the past, maybe not, I don't know, but, um, that's, that was actually how my graduate story, um, went as well. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was, I was a graduate assistant in club sports and, um, I was basically not doing anything. I was simply like entering rosters and databases, right? Like that sort of thing. It was like this, I, I, I honestly, I took it because my friend was like, Hey, I, well, she knew I was working for the football team at the time. And she knew that I was not too happy because I was the study hall monitor. So I had to be there at like 6am to check the dudes in the study hall. And they hated that. Right. And so half the time they call in with some elaborate story and I'd have to like decide whether to like rat them out to the to the mm -hmm. football coach or not like sign them in. It was just this miserable, miserable job, you know. And so she knew I hated it. And so she had a club sports um, graduate assistantship that she was doing. And she was like, it's super easy. You can work on your master's thesis. And I was like, all right. So I did that for like uh, four or five months, right? The, the first semester. Mm -hmm. And, um, and my boss walks in, he had like said like maybe 25 words to me prior to that. And, <laughs> and he said, uh, they're firing me and I'm recommending that I take you take over. And I was like, take over. Like, you mean like your job? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, all right. Yep. <laughs> so yep, that, was that, my was... First, that was basically my first professional position. And I, uh, I had to figure it out. You know, I wasn't like you that had like a ton of experience and they talked you into staying, you know, I was like, Mr. Mr. Uh, dumb, dumb. And, uh, I had to figure it out and become, that was, that was when I first started realizing, okay, you've got to figure out what you're doing in life and, uh, mm -hmm. and step up and, uh, you know, and, and club sports is a great place. And I think campus recreation and ASI, these types of, 
of environments are just fabulous for professional growth and development because they're so centered on that for students that it's almost like it pushes professionals, right, to become even better at what they do. A thousand percent. I think it also speaks to, though, something that I have found a common thread amongst amongst folks like us is that when presented with an opportunity, even if we may not have every skill set in our toolbox, Mm -hmm. we say yes, because we're confident we'll be able to figure it out. Right. That's a very, that's a very good point. I have developed that confidence over time and that experience helped me to develop it. I didn't have it at that point, <laughs> but, I, uh, you make but it. I, I, I quickly developed it. Right. And, 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 you know, people ask me like, well, how did you do it? And I'm like, well, mainly through that professional development, right? Like um, the, the NURSA, which is the national intramural recreational sports association. I went to a conference and I was like, you know, really focused on figuring it out, you know, yeah, and, the information as our staff um, from recreational sports still, they're leaving in a few weeks to go to the yeah. national conference. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so now, you know, the rest is history, so to speak, right. You know, you, uh, you stayed, you ended up getting your master's degree. You, you've, you've risen through the ranks and, and I, you know, I want to take this time to, to, to just tell you that, that we're also proud of you over here. I know we don't, you don't always get to hear that from people that that um, that care about you and that are watching your your career. You don't even know really that they're watching you, but we have been cheerleading you on over the over the last uh, ten years since um, since we've gotten to know each other, or I guess it was long, longer than that, fourteen years. So uh, so kudos along those lines. But wh- why don't you talk about, if you will? that progression and what it's like in a, in a relatively small organization, right. Um, to be able to move forward and and what that experience has been like, um, climbing through the ranks. Absolutely. Well, I I think that when I, when I first started for context and I won't go through all of the different stages because I've had, I've been blessed and humbled by the, a number of opportunities to progress my career. And I, and I do not take that lightly, but I also believe that it, it was through in time, sometimes just sheer grit and determination. Um, I like to say, I do not have a, a, a magic bullet. I don't have any magical skill set. Um, I, I think I have hard work and determination. And so when I first started, I was a temporary assistant coordinator. I, I was brought in on an emergency basis. Right. So I didn't even have a, like a, a permanent position. I was a, I was a temporary employee. Um, and I worked really hard and what that looked like though, was it didn't mean that I had all the answers. I tried to understand really what was the vision and mission of ASI, which, and now like free plug it's connecting students to their ultimate college experience. And I think that when you love and are passionate about what you do, the work is natural. And for me, this has always been a, an amazing place to develop not only what am I passionate about, um, which is that student development piece. And that's actually what I did my master's degree on. I got a lot of odd looks when I um, did my thesis because I actually did it not specific to recreation parks and tourism administration, but I did it on the emotional intelligence development of student leaders. And I looked at Um, our student government program, and then our student manager program, and whether or not emotional intelligence could be 
trained and taught versus the lived experiences and what happens with students when they're put in these positions of student development. And so um, over the years, when opportunities were presented, um, even if they weren't official through a title change, it was just a, hey, we've, we've got this need. I would always be the person I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it on because I'll figure it out. Um, and then over time, those opportunities just continue to grow. And so originally when I started out, I just was overseeing our, our club program and our club sports program. Mm-hmm. And then that evolved, um, which was a, a major milestone. Um, I was able to oversee our ASI events program. And so hopefully our listeners know that program brings low or no cost special events to students. And that gave us the opportunity. We were doing concerts with four to 5,000 people. We were doing comedians and speakers. We were doing outdoor movies. Every, it was basically an event planner's dream to be able to come in, identify what are the types of social entertainment that students want, and then be able to deliver that. And then the opportunities just continued to to expand. And I I took on our PR and marketing department. um, And then I started to work really closely with student government. And that's when I think it was like, okay, now I'm hooked because I was able to bridge the, that event management component with the student development component that I was so incredibly passionate about. Um, And then over the course of the past few years, the opportunities that I um, really just tried to harness, um, I, I currently, or my previous position as director of the university union, I established ASI's diversity, equity, and inclusion program, um, which has been a, a major a major advancement within our organization. Granted, we still have a ton of work to do, but I don't take no as an answer very easily. And so when challenges or roadblocks are presented, I figure out a way to navigate them to try and reach reach what our desired outcome is and trying to hold hold space for what are we truly here to do, which is to serve students. ASI is primarily funded by student fees. And I I take great responsibility in how as an organization, we honor that through the programs and services that we offer. And I think that mindset has really allowed me to to be successful. And yes, do I I have some skill sets? Yes, I've got some skill sets that have have helped along the way. (laughs) But I think so much of leadership at this level is about that mindset and and inspiring others to understand what that vision and mission is and want to carry it forward. Because I'm only one individual, but we employ between student and full-time staff over 600 individuals. And every single one of us needs to be kind of walking and talking in lockstep to make sure that we're delivering on our mission. I love it. I love it. And you know, when I when I look through your progression, I mean, it couldn't be it couldn't be any more classic, Michelle. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, you could use these terms in like I, I mean, probably not 75, but, but a lot of organizations, right? I mean, and, and particularly um, student, um, you know, uh, whether it be recreation or whether it be um, sports and athletics or, I mean, it's pretty common, right? I mean, coordinator, assistant director, associate director, director, and now interim executive director, right? So yes. you're like really like climbing that, um, not a corporate ladder, but a climbing that ladder, right, in the organization. And so um, kudos there. 
Um, let me, I'm going to pause for a second while I cough. All right, there we go. I, I probably shouldn't have said that. I probably should have just paused, right? But I, I, I do. I, it's almost like I've got my radio. I've, I've got my radio skills. Like you never cough into the radio mic, right? Right. But um, I guess I don't have the skills because I announced it and then I paused. It's okay. We'll, um, <laughs> well, anyway. So as you were talking, you know, it 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 reminded me that um, the one of the one of the last times we connected was was about um, uh, the book, the, the Learn by Doing book that Dr. Schwab and I um, collaborated on um, with a few others here on campus. And, and we felt like it was really important that ASI was, was highlighted as, as a Learn by Doing lab. And so um, because I, I've just been so impressed over the years with 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 what how much how much attention and respect that you pay towards that and, and um, towards that student development piece. And, you know, when you were talking about lockstep and that mission and everything, can you reflect a little bit more about what you see ASI's role it is and in, in helping enhance that learn by doing mentality? Absolutely. So when I, when we talk about our vision, which I mean, everyone understands, I think is that, that just out of reach, it's, it's really connecting students to their ultimate college experience. And for us, that is whether it is through programs, services, being if within one of the facilities we manage, but also within an employment experience. And when we think about the number of student employees that we have, I think that we do work incredibly hard to try to provide them with the professional development to be prepared for what comes next. I don't like to say once they enter the real world because they are in the real world right now. The things that they are experiencing, this is real life. They are balancing work and school and relationships and family obligations. It may be at a different level, but they are experiencing that. And then when when we drill down into ASI's mission, Um, Obviously, as an auxiliary, we are here to serve the greater campus mission of learn by doing. And the ways that we are allowed to do that, though, as an auxiliary are unique. And so we're able to leverage a lot of the programs and services that we offer to create opportunities for students to learn and grow outside of the classroom. And I think when we, when we look at all of those different opportunities, whether it's our Poly Escapes Outdoor Adventure Program or our Children's Center and the Children's Programs, and um, very few people know that we employ over 100 students at the Children's Center. And a lot of them think, oh, they must be child development majors. No, it is any major at all within the university. And we have the students bring their interests Mm-hmm. into the classroom and and help teach them how to then teach children right. about what they're learning in the classroom. And so I think for, for ASI, if we're able to serve as a strong campus partner, both on the academic affairs side and the student affairs side, um, if we're able to support our employees and their, their goals and their mission and, and have some fun along the way, then then we have the ability to do some pretty magical stuff. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And, you know, I love that reflection on the real world. I, I get really, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I really don't like, 
I, I don't like the underlying message that, mm-hmm. that that gives when people use that term. And so for any of you out there who who are listening, like uh, don't don't be um, don't be sucked into that mentality. Right. I mean, because it, it really it, it can be damaging, I think, to people. Right. To, to say, oh, yeah, the, you know, when you get out in the real world, it's like, well, right now I'm having to pay my, I, I pay my own bills. I'm living, we're all living in the real world. And so that's a, that's kind of a, I know it's something that has kind of built up that we're in this bubble that is Cal Poly or that is a university or whatever. And sure there, it, sure there is an element of that, but it's still, we're all living. There's no, there's no, you know, the real world is the real world. And so uh, I don't, I don't might have a little it. bit more of a safety net. That's right. That's right. But it doesn't mean that you're not experiencing real things and having these lived experiences that are going to shape where where you go next and who you are as you continue to evolve. Exactly. Very, very well put. Thank you for for helping me with the articulation there that I was struggling with. <laughs> gotcha. That's why I bring on guests, Michelle, to help help me help me articulate my thoughts uh, better. <laughs> so let's get into the interim executive uh, director role. You know, when this um, when this airs, you will have uh, you will have uh, reached, I guess, your your one year anniversary in serving in the interim role. And for those who are, who are not aware, um, the way an, an interim position works at, um, at a university level is um, th- this is a type situation where um, they're, they're, they're buying time to be able to do a national search and they have targeted someone who they think can ha- has risen through the ranks and can do the job really well and can serve in the position and and make it and be effective in serving in the position. But for most positions on university campuses, it's required that you do a national search for the full time director, right? That the full director, executive director in this case. And so we won't get into all of that, but I just wanted to kind of give people who were wondering what the interim title means on university campuses. Um, that's that's how it works. So let's talk about your role in this last year. And it's been, um, you know, when you think about throughout history, I mean, um, it is, it's been a challenging, um, it's been a challenging environment, obviously, with um, the seemingly, seemingly the end of a pandemic that wasn't really the end of a pandemic and, um, and continuing on. Um, So tell us a little bit about what it's been like, what your role is on a day-to-day basis and all of that jazz. Okay. Um, well, from from a from a technical standpoint, for for scope. So, as the interim executive director, I am responsible for the um, legal and administrative oversight and financial oversight of a five hundred one c three corporation. So, in totality, ASI manages a budget of approximately sixteen and a half million dollars. We have seventy eight full time staff and approximately 500 student staff. Um, we also manage five facilities on campus on behalf of the university. And so when we think about everything that has transpired over the past year, um, it to say it has been a roller coaster is, is an understatement. Right. And so when I, to, to flash back, when I started, campus that was, 
March 2021. And so at that point, campus was still primarily working remote. Um, we, a number of our facilities were still not open for the public. The recreation center was, um, just starting to potentially come down from serving as the alternate care site. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the, the decisions that was made, um, at the early stages of the pandemic was because so many of the programs had, had really reduce their operating capacity, um, students, student employees, we had furloughed and eventually laid off because we just did not have the work for them. And so once we knew that we would be looking at coming back and really trying to reintroduce students to campus this fall quarter, we undertook the hiring of, in a, in a three and a half month period, we hired over 460 student employees to be able to bring our programs back. Um, but we've also experienced, like many other organizations in the university itself, kind of that great resignation of full-time staff. People mm-hmm. have had the opportunity over the course of the pandemic to really evaluate what they want in their, what they want in their roles. We've had a number of retirements. And so as we stand now, 37% of ASI full-time staff are in new or interim roles in the past 18 months. So we're also, not only are we real rebuilding our programs and services, moving from a pandemic to an endemic approach, we're also rebuilding our company culture. We're rebuilding our workforce. And so we've had a high level of importance on trying to rebuild with intentionality and looking at what has been lost. I think we have all experienced over the course of the pandemic as a society we trained ourselves not to trust other people. We trained ourselves not to get close to one another. And I think it would be it would be too nearsighted to say that that doesn't translate into the workplace. And so we spent a lot of time trying to rebuild what does it look like working with others in person and supporting students and bringing programs and services back and realizing even the things that students desired before the pandemic are very different than what their needs are now. And how are we infusing some of the services and funding that we have within our organization to help those students in need? So it's, it's been um, an incredibly fulfilling year. It has Mm -hmm. been an exhausting year, but when I think of the progress that we have made, um, I'm incredibly proud of where we are um, and the efforts that we've also taken um, within our diversity, equity, inclusion program, um, specifically for our full-time staff. We've developed a training curriculum for our full-time staff to really help us move the needle in the cultural competence of our full-time staff so we can start to look at systemic change within our organization. So I think it's important that, yes, so much of the world has been the pandemic, but Mm -hmm. we also are still maintaining and and rebuilding our our business model. Wow. Wow. That's... um... That's, you know, I really appreciate you going through all of that. That's just, just uh, amazing. All of the, the things that you've, that you've had to, to go through and, and, and it, it's a big job. It's a really big job. And I'm, I'm super impressed, you know, uh, little old me over here, just teaching a couple of classes and, uh, you know, doing a little bit of research and, 
occasionally firing up a podcast or two. Yeah, I mean, podcast. you know, it's not, uh, not, not, not too much, but uh, when I, I, I continue to be so impressed by our alumni um, all, all throughout, all throughout the space of just, just the incredible work that, that people are doing and putting in and, and, you know, through this podcast, I, I get a chance to hear about, you know, the efforts that have been made during the, the during the pandemic and, and, and just, I, I just continue to be so impressed with the ability to, um, to make changes and to make changes that, uh, I love hearing you say that systemic element, right? Um, obviously, um, despite the fact that that some don't want to admit it um, in this country, we we have a problem with some systemic elements mm-hmm. that um, that continue to surface and mm-hmm. continue to um, create. Um, spaces for people that um that are discriminatory and that are deeply rooted in in our history and um so to hear you talk about making those changes and to to really really be dedicated to it is um it's just it's just so amazing and um just want to applaud you along those lines um now, as far as advice for, for, for students, right, whether it be current students or pers- per- prospective students, what advice would you give them um, to someone who's interested in being involved in, um, in, in university? Um, uh, you know, when, when, we talk about, when we talk about the overall network, right, um, what's, what's the overall network? Like if someone were to say, well, I want to do a Google search to figure out where I could find opportunities, not just at ASI here at Cal Poly, but all throughout the sphere. Is it student affairs? Is that the is that the the, the search words that you would you would look for? That's the search words in, in higher education. I think looking at employment opportunities within student affairs, you will be surprised what is within within that sphere. I mean, yes, in most cases, you are going to find the the recreational sports programs, you're going to find um, a lot of times university housing, you're going to find all of the program, a lot like within our campus, that includes student diversity and belonging, that includes orientation programs. We really look at it as the outside of the classroom experiences live within student affairs and those in classroom experiences live within academic affairs, but there's no reason why the two cannot collaborate and they can't live simultaneously within a student's college experience. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've said this before that I, uh, you know, and, and obviously I'm biased because I, I, I worked in, I worked in campus recreation and it, it was my first, like I said earlier, it was my first full-time real professional experience. And I, I look back on those years and just loved it. And I still have friends to this day that are that are in campus recreation and have just wonderful careers. And um, I think it's important for our current and prospective students to realize that student affairs 
is a, a, is a fabulous road to go down if you're if you want to if you want to be on a college campus and in, in an environment like um, like this and, and obviously there's college campuses all throughout the world yeah. where you can um, where you can you can be um, what advice would you give to someone who's interested in this area what are the types of things that they need to 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 um, to develop in terms of skills education experience do you have to have a master's what are what are what's the what would you give them in terms of advice i mean i think the first step i would say is if you're really looking at considering a career within student affairs and higher education i would say this seems not funny but like first and foremost play play now like figure out what are the things that you're interested in is it, it are are you passionate were you a wow leader and that is something that fuels your soul were you heavily involved in sports and so then you have your athletics division or like we've talked about a club sports program but be a participant first figure out i always like to say when when students reach out to me for career advice um, and, and I feel like I'm getting more and more of those calls lately of, yeah. I don't know what to do next. The number one piece of advice I always give is find what you're passionate about yeah. and then find what you're good at and figure out how to put the two together. Yeah. So if you are an accounting major, but you love animals Figure out how to be the accountant for a humane society. Figure out how to, you love marketing, but you also love mixed martial arts. Then figure out how to get a job within marketing for the UFC. And so I yep. think that there's no reason why they could not do that right now. You have a yep. playground of a campus with so many opportunities. What are you passionate about? What are you, what are you skilled at? And then have conversations with people. I ex yeah. I do informational interviews all the time with students that are just wondering what niche of student affairs they may be most mm -hmm. interested in. Ask questions. If there is a student affairs professional kind of worth their weight, they will always take the time to talk to a student to help them figure out what might be their next step um, on their professional journey. Right. They better. They're not going to be a student affairs professional for long. <laughs> and, and, and we don't mean to scare you, but you, you almost definitely will eventually need a master's degree. I mean, in order to work on a college campus, um, I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are universities out there that don't require a master's degree, but the vast majority do. I would say for our full-time positions, um, the only the only positions with that we have that require a master's are our director level positions. And so right. um, I would say about 75% of our positions don't require it. Something else um really trying to look at workplace equity of we have also recently changed our policies to allow for years of service equivalents for, yeah. for especially for undergraduate as well. And so um right. Figuring out, I would say, start with what you're passionate about and a master's never hurts. I think that's right. what it, it opens more doors. Um, it doesn't necessarily close doors. It just opens more doors. Right, right, exactly. And that's what I tell my sport management students. You know, if you're if you're interested in intercollegiate athletics, right, like and mm -hmm. most of you are you, you'll hit a ceiling. Um, eventually, um, where, where a master's degree is going to be required. And so, um, 
you know, but, but, but you can step up beforehand and, and figure out if that's what you really want to do. You don't necessarily, I, I don't, I, I never, or very rarely will I give student, uh, students a, um, a recommendation or, or, or tell them that, yeah, you should definitely right after undergrad mm-hmm. step into a, a master's degree. That may be what you, you could choose that. But if you ask me, I would say, go out and work a little bit and figure out whether that's really what you want to do. Um, now some students work for four years at a university like you did, and, and they know right away that they want to step into a master's program. But, um, I, I think you need to figure that out first. Um, would you agree there? I would, I would totally agree. I think that I am more of that unicorn of that. I haven't left. I haven't changed careers. I've stayed with the same organization. Um, The other beautiful part about exploring a career in student affairs, if you're coming in with an undergraduate degree is most programs within student affairs have educational assistance programs that will help you get a master's degree. And so whether it's on the state side and tuition waivers or for ASI, we have educational assistance programs. We right now have, I think, four full-time staff that are pursuing their master's degree through our educational assistance program. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. That is such a great program. That's so great to hear. Well, Michelle, um, thank you so much. Uh, I know after what you've just told us in the last hour that you've got a lot of stuff you got to get, get going to do. So um, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time with us today and um, and giving back. You've done that throughout your career and just want to say thanks so much for that. And um, uh, yeah, really thank appreciate you. it. Well, thank you for the opportunity. This was This was fun. And any way that I can um, support the program, I'm happy to do it. Awesome. Thanks. Take care. See ya.